This is episode number 10, Comparing Yourself to Others. What's happening? This is Kwame Fowler coming to you with another podcast. And on today, we're going to go into talking about uh, comparing yourself to others. But before we get into that, of course, you know, I like to share some news about what's going on. Now, I also want to say Happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Um, You know, it was a great year for me last year, and I hope it was a good year for you as well. Um, You know, this is the time where people will want to uh, get their New Year's, uh, New Year resolutions together and goals and, um, you know, start making preparations to uh, pursue those goals. And, and those are great things to do. I know I have some of my own that I've, um, you know, put in place and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, that and what I'm actually doing right now. And what I have here is the book, The Christian Musician. And uh, the subtitle is Learn What Your Real Gift Is and How to Succeed with and beyond your music. And so what I did is um, last year in April, I released this book, the physical copy, to uh, be available for uh, uh, for the physical book to be available. And uh, I was able to sell that on gigs and, um, you know, different places uh, online. You know, I was able to sell and send it out to different places. That's what I meant to say. Um, and it's gone out to uh, Africa. It's gone to the UK. Uh, people in um, the Netherlands, you know, different places around the country. So I'm very thankful to uh, have uh, had people who was interested, and still uh, getting requests for it to be on different platforms. And you never know. Uh, you never can really anticipate um, how much value you're offering, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you never know who's watching, who's listening, who's been following what you've been doing. So it's always a blessing to get those messages and email and, and Facebook messages and, and, um, you know, of people just talking about how much they've appreciated the, the stuff that I've been doing and sharing. So that's always encouraging. And, um, that's why I wanted to make my book available on uh, Amazon because some people uh, like to uh, check it out on their mobile device because it's portable and um, you know and then it's those people who want to get the physical book so I wanted to have the physical book because when I do gigs uh, I can have it right there on the gig to sell and um, you know I've been able to sell uh, some get uh, some books on the gig on the gigs and uh, it's been it's been pretty nice um and the main thing you know is to get this message out and it was a message that's really been uh bubbling in my heart for a while and uh it's this book really is a memoir it's um a biography autobiography of of my journey as a musician and um i capture a lot of uh, insights uh, from the time that I first started playing all the way 
up until the current time. And I really talk about, um, you know, my experiences um, from being a man, developing into uh, being a good father, a good husband and, and a good good father and just different um, lessons that I've learned just from being a touring musician and uh, really how to uh, organize my, my thoughts, organize my life so that I can be responsible. And um, that's, that's uh, the key, you know, that's, that's the focus. And I knew that it was really something that was needed because, you know, it's tough for musicians um, who don't have a mentor and who might not have had a strong father figure in their life or father coming up or someone who can, um, you know, show them the, a good example in terms of how to be a, a good provider. You know, if if uh, you uh, desire to have a, a wife and, and kids and my tone or my, um, I guess, my focus in my book was really kind of towards men, guys, musicians, you know. Now, uh, of course, you know, it's been a blessing to uh, women as well, because I've had some women to read the book, you know. But, you know, when they when you write a book, you know, it's they say that you should have the person in mind um, who you are talking to. And mine was to uh, younger aspiring musicians. And so that was the tone of the book. Um, but for anybody who is even if you're not a musician, it's a great um, book that uh, pulls together some solid principles that you can apply uh, in your own profession. So here it is, 2017, and we have social media. And social media, I've been on Facebook uh, since like 2007 or eight or something like that. Um, and before that, it was MySpace. MySpace was pretty happening for musicians because cats could put up their music and um, pictures and stuff, gigs and stuff like that. So it was a shift in the consciousness and awareness of, um, you know, in terms of what is going on in the community. And so um, I think since then, it's been a thing where of course, we stay hooked into these social media platforms, whether it be um, Facebook or whether it be YouTube. We want to follow artists and, and follow other musicians and other cats and see what they're doing, what kind of gigs they got, um, you know, where they're where they're going, or what's on their mind. You know, now we can stream live and do Facebook um, live and, and, and different things like that. So. It's um, it's one of those things where it's, 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 it can be a great tool. It can be good because you stay connected with what's going on. You can stay up on what's happening. But uh, at the same time, if you personally are not secure in who you are and what you're doing, sometimes it can uh, affect your esteem. Like if you feel that somebody else is doing a lot or doing better or you're even comparing yourself to them and wanting to compete with, with them and, 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 and get the same kind of gigs or opportunities that they're having or stuff like that. Stuff can get a little 
uh, messy and not healthy. And so my angle, in, even in doing this podcast, was not so much to focus on the social media aspect, but it's really um, some principles that I wanted to outline and wanted to help you better um, understand how to uh, use the, the, the works or the influence of others and properly put it into, um, you know, put it into the right place, into the right place so that it can be a healthy thing for you. Now, um, in the book, I talk about when you want to uh, become a, a better musician and how you focus on different people who have strengths in the areas that you don't. And so one of the one of the things that I did, I would pick musicians um, like, for instance, on saxophone, uh, Johnny Griffin. I learned uh, his stuff. I, I learned a lot of his music because I was attracted to his uh, ability to play fast. And so Sonny Rollins, who was a jazz, is a jazz uh, saxophonist. He's still alive. The thing I like about his playing was his uh, uh, rhythm, you know, the rhythmic ideas that he did. And so um, Cannonball Adderley was another saxophonist, alto saxophonist, who I appreciated his articulation. And so these are just uh, three examples. And so what I did at a young age, I would listen to their recordings and um, I would learn as much as I could from that. And what I did, I would record myself when I would play and I would try to see how I sounded in comparison with um, these musicians. And this was my standard. So what happened is I incorporated the articulation from uh, Cannonball Adderley, the, the speed and ideas of, uh, from uh, Johnny Griffin. And I take, I take also the rhythmic stuff from Sonny Rollins and I would learn all of their solos. And when I would play, of course, I would become a collage of the stuff that I would listen to. Okay. Now, I would, um, you know, always do use that same principle when it came to learning songs. I would get a song and I would uh, find other artists playing that same song. If it was a jazz standard like Autumn Leaves or something like that, I would take um, find recordings of uh, different recordings of uh, musicians playing that song. And I would learn their ideas so that when I would play the song, I would sound you know, like a, a, a collage or a, uh, I would assimilate the, all the ideas into my own bag and present it, you know. And so this is a healthy way that I was able to use the influence of others and uh, uh, in order to uh, grow and uh, mature in my own plan. And so as I got older and um, I started to pay attention more to um, other priorities, like, you know, just taking care of business, you know, uh, getting into business and doing entrepreneurial ideas and also uh, managing your finances and also from being a, a uh, husband. Um, it was some things that I needed to focus on when it came to leadership, you know, 
And so I started listening to audio podcasts and uh, reading books. And, um, you know, I was always one who was in church. And so um, going into 30, and I talk about the cutting season when I actually um, cut my hair because I had long dreadlocks. But during that season, um, I felt it was time for me to get some mentorship. I had locks for 10 years. And uh, when I was approaching 30, it was just uh, a time to really focus on what I needed to focus on because I'd done a lot of things, you know, from winning competitions to traveling around the world, playing, um, had notoriety, won, uh, you know, done different programs and different things like that where I released CDs. You know, I released my first CD um, at 19. And even before that, when I was 15, I was recording and releasing tapes. <laughs> so, you know, I've always been self driven and motivated to to get stuff done and so approaching 30 i just realized that uh you know we were trying to buy a house that's what it was and we moved back here to uh the area and so my credit i didn't have credit really established it wasn't really good and of course the first thing they ask how much you make a year and then they also want to know where you worked and so being a musician, a freelance musician, you work all over the place. And I, I didn't really keep track of all of my, my books as well as I do now. And so it was really frustrating because my wife was the one who had something consistent and we would have to go with because she had a consistent uh, job. And so all of this stuff kind of hit me at one time. And so when we're, when we're talking about comparing yourself to others, I want y'all to think about this, especially if you're a musician. If you spend your time just checking out musicians or cats based on their musical ability, think about it. When you're focusing on music, the stuff that people play, the, the, the way the cats execute stuff, the harmony, the rhythm, the melody, you get captivated in that. You, you want to study that. That's occupying uh, a lot of your time and a, men and a lot of your mental space just in that particular area. But here is it. Here it is. That's one particular area. That musician, when you think when you think about it, uh, it took them a certain amount of years and time to focus on this one particular area to get good at this area in order to present it at that high level. And so if you want to do that, then it's going to require a lot of your time a lot of your focus and a lot of your energy. But what I was saying, what I'm saying is um, that's only one area. And that's really what I wanted to point out um, in this whole comparing yourself to others. Because when you think about other aspects of their lives, you check out the same musicians that you admire musically. You need to check out their life outside of music and see if they're just as good or or if they're lacking in these other areas, because it's really a logical thing. If I practiced all the time, then of course I would be good at that. But I'm, I have more of a responsibility than just to be good on an instrument. You know, I'm a father now. I am a husband. So 
my time that I spend uh, has to be in it. It has to uh, turn this AC down. But my time, because it's too loud, the time that I spend now, it has to be balanced. Um, it has to, of course, we trade time for money. So whatever you spend your time doing, it needs to produce income so that you can support a family. And um, so rewinding back, when I was thinking about uh, a lot of these things and being frustrated with having uh, I guess being famous a little bit, uh, but not really having, you know, a lot of money to show for it. It frustrated me because it was a lot of external hype and external uh, being celebrated externally for a persona. And um, on the inside, my structure was a little off because, you know, when you're a child, I talk about in the book, also about uh, putting away child, childish things. And it's a scripture that uh, Paul said where it's, it says, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And so that was that was my thing. I was trying to, uh, I didn't realize it, but it's just what what how I was wired. I was just wired to practice a certain amount of hours every day. And... Um, you know, I was uh, I was wired to where when I heard something in my head, I would go to the computer and try to um, work it out. I would try to uh, create a track. I would write the music. I would spend hours and days writing a song just so I could present it to my band. And so keep in mind, the music industry is changing. You know, 2000, uh, what? Around the early 2000s, the CDs were really kind of on its way out. And so think about it. When I was a teenager, I would go to the uh, music stores, the CD stores, and get CDs. I would buy a lot of CDs. So I was thinking back then, I want to do that. I want to be able to have my CD on the shelf, you know, in the store. I want to be next to... Uh, you know, John Coltrane and Johnny Griffin and you'll come to Fowler, you know, and I was able to do that at Borders Books and Music. It was a school, a, a store here that my dad used to take me to all the time to get CDs. And so I accomplished that, those goals. And when I went to Southern, I was able to sell my CDs in different places for consignment. Um, so, but the business is changing, things are changing. And so when it comes to making money from uh, music, it's really hard. You know, they started when Napster hit, it really messed up the whole game because everybody uh, thought from that point on, we should just get music for free. And from Napster hitting, you had um, Steve Jobs that was inspired to start iTunes and, and then, you know, stuff was being sold for 99 cents. And so all of this was happening really fast and here I am just, and I, I was just, I guess I was doing pretty good because I was doing CDs and I was uh, doing gigs and traveling around. So I had a lot of momentum. But what I'm saying is I needed to think about my wife. You know, I needed to think about something stable for my, my now son. And so I needed a job. I was, I got a master's degree. I was a TA at Texas Tech for a minute, 
And then um, after that, I was open. I was just playing gigs. And that was frustrating for my wife because in these, in uh, Lubbock, uh, when I didn't have the teacher's assistantship anymore, um, I was just traveling around playing. And it was hard because I wasn't there with her. And so during that time, I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. And that's when I started uh, Jazz Webshed in 2009 because it was um, something that I wanted to do to where I could create income at the house and not have to be gone all the time. And so I created uh, the website where, and it's still up, jazzwebshed.com, and I put up videos where I was teaching and doing uh, podcasts and uh, live stream uh, lessons and stuff like that, Skype lessons. I did all of that stuff um, just so that I could be there close to my wife. And uh, later, a couple years later, I ended up getting an adjunct position at uh, Southwestern Seminary. And uh, so I started to really put my life into a better um, structure, better. And what I'm saying is that came from mentorship from people and looking at other other men who were solid in terms of being a provider for their family and uh, solid in uh, walking in, in integrity. And so what I started doing is taking the same principle that I would use in playing where when I would focus on different musicians who were good in these areas, I would um, focus on these guys and I would uh, try to emulate what they were doing um, when it came to finances. So I got into investing, you know, I was um, got into saving and, and, and um, I uh, started learning how to structure myself as a self-employed uh, person. And also I followed different people when it came to Internet business. And uh, I hooked up with uh, my now pastor. Um, from my wife, whose uh, uncle, Will Ford, um, was um, was working with uh, G. Craig Lewis. And so he told me that they were going to start a, a church, that he was going to start a church. So I knew I needed to be there because uh, Pastor Craig had the experience as a musician. And also he had the information because of his research uh, from researching the music industry. And so I knew I needed to be connected with him. And plus, he's from Fort Worth. So it was just a, a natural connection. So um, I connected there and I was able to watch or, you know, be mentored by him, you know, Teton Moffitt, uh, Wendell Mosley. And uh, these are like guys who were contributing to the EX Ministries, um, EX, EX Ministries. And so a lot of their information, a lot of the things that they shared, Will Ford, of course, my uncle, really helped me put things in the right place. And so um, a lot of times we 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 don't sit back and have a, a like a blimp view, you know, or, or, or an overview of what we're doing. Sometimes we can get so caught up in what we're doing and just just be pushing ourselves. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's because we're comparing ourselves to our peers or to what everybody else is doing. And when you think about it, when you are so focused on trying to be like other folk, it's like you're missing out on a on a on a whole lot more area. 
sometimes you're, you're competing for such a small space. And one of the things that I was thinking about this morning, and I said, yeah, I need to do a podcast about this because I was thinking about this. See, the reason why it's important for you to uh, have a relationship with, with Christ and, and uh, you know, and focus on the word of God, because his standard is, is much higher than the standard of another man. You know, you, you want to get a gig at a certain club that's not even paying much, but you just want to be in that clique or you just want to be uh, celebrated or seen amongst, you know, these particular musicians. Whereas, you know, if you sit and think about um, who you are and what you really want to do and just pursue that independent of trying to get validation through, you know, through being a, through in a certain uh, group. I just want to make sure I'm not. Uh, okay. But if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to, what, what I'm saying. So if you, if you, instead of trying to focus on what everybody else is doing and being a part of the clique and just because this group of musicians is doing this, I want to be uh, in the mix. Instead of focusing on that and you focus on God's standard for you, you can set yourself up to where um, there's no competition. You know, you, you'll be in a category of your own. You have the freedom to really uh, do whatever you want to do because you're not subscribing yourself to such a limited uh, scope and perspective. And that's one of the things that I uh, did because one of the things that I learned is you want to look outside of your industry. A lot of stuff inside the music business, I'm not really motivated by. You know, we say, you know, the, the Bible talks about, you know, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, because all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the, the, the what is this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the, and the pride of life. And so that's true. And so I've been one who have uh, focused outside of the music industry. The thing that I did here with uh, publishing this book, um, you know, a lot of musicians, they don't do stuff like that. But I knew that my giftedness, my gift is teaching a word of knowledge. According to the Bible, there's spiritual gifts. And I know that mine is, is that. Music operates under the 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 spiritual gifts of helps or ministry you know because ministry is helps that's what that is and so when you play music you make people feel a certain a certain way you can encourage people you can even uh, make people feel sad you can make people feel happy you can uh, even uh, expel certain spirits or lift their spirits and um, excuse me and I talk about that in the book because David has an example. <laughs> Excuse me. There was an example in uh, 1 Samuel 16 chapter with David when he played his harp for Saul when he had the evil spirit and the evil spirit left. And so um, music can operate in that, in that area or on that level. Um, but the bigger picture is the vessel that's being used or the, the vessel that's playing that's being used to play that music. What spirit is coming through him? What, what, um, you know, what's in his heart, what's in his soul, you know? 
and even away from the instrument, what type of person are you? And so the thing I admire about David is he was uh, known to be a man after who sought after God's heart, but he was also um, a master musician on the harp. And uh, but he was known really his most popular, I would say. He was one of the greatest kings that Israel had, had seen, you know, David was. And so uh, David, his uh, his spiritual gift was leadership. And I believe that every man has that call on their life to be a great leader because we have to be, um, you know, uh, husbands and we have to be fathers. And think about it, God's creation role, like what we call it at my church, is for um, for, for us, for as men, is to be a father, I mean, to be a husband first, a father, and then a provider, a protector, and priest in the home, you know, and those things should be prioritized first. As a woman, you know, God created a woman with everything she needs to bear children, of course, get married, become a wife, then become a mother. The family structure is what it's all about in the sight of God's eyes. And so a lot of times we get selfish. We, we get turned on by what's going on in the world, what other people are doing, what the world validates. I want to be famous. I want to be on the stage. I want to travel. I want to uh, put you know, be seen. I want to do these videos on YouTube and I want to get a lot of likes and I want to uh, go and win a Grammy and all of that kind of stuff. And then that's all selfish. You want to be lifted up. You want to be celebrated. And it's more in line with how uh, Lucifer is or was when he had his position in heaven. He wanted to be like the most high God and he influenced a third of the angels and were expelled. They were kicked out of heaven. And so earlier on in my life, when I found out about that story, when my mother read it to me when I was a kid, you know, I knew about that story. When as a musician, I started seeing that these patterns or I would see the same spirit of getting pride and lifted up and being into yourself um, and wanting to be celebrated and praised. I saw it in these musicians. Of course, I saw it in myself. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to be that way. But I didn't understand. I didn't have all of the awareness, of course, um, in my 20s. And uh, we all grow and learn more and more. But as I approached 30, I, I saw that my path needed to change. You know, I've been a Christian. But at the same time, when I had my locks, that was like a prideful se season in my life. And so, you know, my whole persona and image Sometimes musicians can get caught up in their persona, you know, being a, a, a musician. And of course, think about it. When you're in a position, when you're playing, you're making people feel good. People admire you for, for what you're doing. Uh, they come up, they tell you, oh, you sound great. Oh, you gifted. Oh, you just this and then you just that. And you just, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and you, you hear that night in and night out after gig and, and gig and you've heard it all your life, then it can build you up, especially in church. If you're a part of a church and the leadership is, uh, you're in a leadership position where you're leading people in worship 
and you're like a vital component. See, and that's another that's another area right there in itself. You know, you're part of a a, a worship experience and the pastor is using you because of your talent and he's not looking at who you are away from what you do or he's letting you go, letting you pass, you know, on, um, you know, just not being responsible because you can play so good on that instrument. See, I didn't like that. I I didn't want to be connected with ministries like that. I've been in positions where the musicians were killing and I had a great time playing, but the word was whack. Then I've been in situations where the music wasn't all that, but the word was good, you know, but I knew that I needed to shift. And I talk about in the book when I changed churches, you know, to be connected with uh, ABC. Now I talk about how I needed, I placed a value on, um, mentorship and needing to receive the right information so that I could, uh, you know, set up my house and my family and my structure work, my structure right. And so I, I'm not getting paid on Sunday to be at the place where I am now. But I'm telling you, when I made the transition, so much blessings and abundance of money and all of that came as a result of me being in the right place. I hated to be in a position of making money and not feeling the Holy Spirit. I hated to be in a position where I'm playing and and touring and being around musicians or people that didn't esteem, you know, who who didn't want God, who were into, you know, drugs or wanting to get into uh, perversion and stuff like that. That's an uncomfortable feeling when something's on the inside of you is not in agreement with 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 the other guys around you. It's it's very uncomfortable. We might be on the same level uh, musically, but this environment is not really what I wanted to be in and it's not what I wanted. So what I needed to do is to regroup. I needed, like I said, that blimp view. You needed, I needed to come away from it. I needed to sit, sit back and say, man, what, what can I do? And that, that ties into even now with, uh, with resolutions. You know, we have the power really to create the world that we imagine. That's what we do anyway as musicians. When we hear things, we can sit down at the keyboard, work out the cards and the melody, make a chart or make a track, give it to other musicians who can play it in person, and then we can go play a gig or we can go record it in the studio. We bring those things in our imagination into reality. That's what we do. So, I started to get a bigger picture where it's like, man, instead of just going along with what the world presents to me as the option, I can create the world that I want. I can actually do what God really has put into my heart. And that was to be a good a good husband, a faithful husband, being a, a good father, a provider, and also being a good musician playing at a high level, playing music that honors him. Of course, these are high um, standards, and, and this is stuff that I wanted as a kid. And so what I'm learning is the older you get, of course, you get more selective, you get more particular, you get more information, you get more perspective and all of that. So it's like the older you get, the more 
you want stuff to go the way you want it to go. And so I started to learn about branding. I started to learn about even the persona. You know, I have a persona. Y'all, it's a persona is basically your impression of 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 me. You know, and it's not. Uh, it's only a small portion of what you see. As a man on this end, you know, being married to what to my wife, the persona that you all see is is. It's only a small portion. So my wife, what she wants from me is for me to be the janitor. She wants me to put out the trash. You know, she wants me to make sure the landscaping is taken care of, the house, if something go wrong with the plumbing. I got to get the plumbing taken care of. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what really matters. And right there, uh, that's leadership. You know, that's I have to be responsible. I have to sell the car. Because it broke down on us, you know, just making decisions at the house, what we gonna do with with my son about certain things, you know what I'm saying? That's where it really counts. That's the essence of who I really am. Music, my musical choices and my taste and all of that kind of stuff. That's just an art form. Music is just an art form. It's just a palette by which um, I get to express my feelings and and um, what's on my heart and and soul. And so I get to share a little piece of who I am with you all. And that blesses you or it encourages you. But I'm just wanting to give you some perspective um, because uh, what I learned is musicians get so caught up in their persona and they think that that's who they are. Their identity is so caught up in their musical ability and a lot of times, the, as a result of that, that's why they get into the drugs. That's why they get addicted. You know, that's that's why they get addicted to certain substances, to you know, all of these different things because they're they're not really content. They're discontent because they're being celebrated and appreciated by all these people, but inside they know that they don't have themselves together. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be like that. I want to be solid. I want to be tight. <laughs> together with my family situation. I want to be tight together with the music. I put a lot of time in the music. I put a lot of time, you know, in uh, developing my sound and stuff like that. So I'm, you know, of course, it's always room to grow in that. But my focus now and priority is my family and, and getting them together. And so um, that's really it. That's what I wanted to share. Of course, I'm really passionate about this area, so that's why I keep going on and on. But the Christian musician, that's what this is about. You know, your real gift. Your gift is the way you think, you know, and, and music is just an avenue by which your giftedness is, is displayed through. So I give some scriptural background. I give some life examples, uh, my journey and um, my perspective and things that I learned. And that's what this book is about. And it is available on Amazon. Be sure to tune in next time for the Texas Tenor Podcast. And uh, we'll see you. Make sure you go to QuamonFowler.com. Q-U-A-M-O-N Fowler, F-O-W-L-E-R.com to check out what's going on. Other music, other uh, performances, uh, videos, blogs, and all of those things there. If you are a musician and you want to take lessons with me, you can do that on my website, kumanfowler.com forward slash lessons. And lastly, 
Jazz Webshed is the place where I offer um, jazz uh, improvisation tips. I also uh, do business and music uh, marketing tips and things like that, all stored in one place. And I changed the membership price down to just $10 a month now or $100 a year if you would like to be a part of that. Okay, so uh, thank y'all for listening and we'll see you next time.